1: Sometimes I meet people. I often say sometimes I think I should be in the business of hiring people because I just watch their posture and it tells me so much about them. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just watch their posture. Our posture toward the preach word of God speaks so much about the hunger or the lack thereof in our spirit. This morning I'm asking this church, would you just... Be intentional about what you're going to receive from the Lord today. Let's lean in. Let's get on the edge of our seat and lean in to what God is wanting to do today. Anybody ready to receive the word of the Lord? You anticipate. Come on, the power of anticipation is amazing and it's going to help us this morning. Brother Fuller, we want you to come today. No stranger to this pulpit. Let's make him welcome as he comes to preach the word of the Lord today. We love you, God bless
0: Oh, praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. God is so good. I appreciate the spirit of the Lord that is in this house right now. You can be seated for a moment. I want to say what I feel in the Holy Ghost today. I want to give honor to this great congregation. And as I look over this congregation, I see a great multitude of elders strong in the lord there is a host of middle age as well as young people and the lord was speaking to me a while ago and said this makes a healthy body and i believe that today god has a word for each individual number one it's a healthy body number two it's awesome leadership And I want to give honor to Brother and Sister Jordan and to the leadership of this church. We love Brother and Sister Jordan and their family. Amen. They have been just great friends to us. And I appreciate what he is doing in the kingdom of God to lead a great and healthy church. Amen. I want to turn your attention. If you're elderly, you don't have to stand. I have several verses to read, if you want, you can, but in Revelations chapter 19, Revelations chapter 19, I'm going to start in verse 7, he said, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her, listen, to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Anybody getting ready for the coming of the Lord? Come on, anybody getting ready for the coming of the Lord? He said, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Verse 11, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness doth he judge. And I want you to notice these words. Doth he judge and make war. Verse 12, his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. A name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Can we lift our hands unto him right now and just worship him? Father, we long for your coming today. We long for the marriage supper of the Lamb, that we should sit with you and worship you and honor you. But Lord, we know that we are your bride And we're asking for heaven to come into this house today and to talk to us and to crown us with the glory of the almighty God. We will worship you and we will honor you in the name of the Lord. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to preach this morning from a word from God the battle that changed history. Notice in the text of Scripture, it is is reading and informing us in the last day. We know that we should sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We understand all of the events that will take place, that the Lord will come back and smite the earth, We understand that we as the bride or the wife of God will be involved in that battle. But I want you to understand that throughout history there have always been decisive battles that have won wars. In studying I have looked over history and understood in the American Revolutionary War also known as the War of Independence, that in this war that America fought for its independence from Great Britain, fighting began in this war in April 19th of 1775. It was followed by the Declaration of Independence on July the 4th, 1776. There were many battles that were fought in the American Revolutionary War. But there's always a decisive battle in history. It is said at Saratoga Saratoga, that one of the most decisive battles of the revolution, the Americans defeated the British troops, advancing southward from Canada. And they prevented them from seizing the control of, of New York's Hudson River Valley. As General John Borgen and, and the army of about 7,500 British soldiers began to head south, there was an American general by the name of Horeto Gates, and thousands of Americans awaited him at Bemis Heights. Just south of Sarato- Saratoga, They were there and they built fortifications. They positioned their cannons and they were ready for battle. The British, who were reinforced by 500 German soldiers, they sustained heavy casualties that day. In the initial confrontation on September the 19th, the British and the Germans found themselves trapped in a wilderness with a dwindling food supply. But desperate for a way out, the British General mounted a second attack on October the 7th, but the Americans were ready. The ranks thereof had swollen to around 13,000 American soldiers, and they began to push back on the British and the German troops. It was there that they began to surrender, uh, and Borgian that day surrendered October the 17th uh, to General Gates and the American armies. Uh, It was said of that uh, battle that the victory persuaded France uh, to sign a treaty, uh, and therefore, the United States uh, are with the United States against Britain. uh, It was France's financial and military support uh, that began to contribute to Washington's victory uh, at Yorktown in 1781, uh, which effectively ended uh, the war for America's independence. Uh, But this is what struck me. Uh, It was a historian that wrote these words. And he said this, without a doubt, the Americans could not have won the war without their great victory at Saratoga. I want you to notice from history's viewpoint that there is always a decisive battle that begins to determine the outcome of every situation. History repeats itself over and over again in the European theater, which was known as World War II. There was the European theater and the Pacific theater. And whenever you look at the European theater, it was the Battle of Stalingrad. It was August the 23rd, 1943, to February the 2nd, 1943. Or 42 to 43. It was the turning point of World War II. And whenever you study the history, the German troops of the 6th Army and its allies began to fight against the Soviet Union for the control of the city of Stalingrad. It was marked as one of the close quarter combat And it had no regard for military nor civilian casualties. It was said of the historians that this battle was one of the bloodiest battles in the history of warfare. But as the events began to turn, the Sixth Army was eventually completely destroyed by the Red Army, which appeared to be nearly defeated just a few months earlier. It serves us as a reminder from history that we should never give up. No matter what has come against us, we've got to realize who that we are, and we've got to fight because the war is at hand. I want to tell the church today that we are are the children of God and we are the bride of Christ and we've got to make up our mind. No matter how many bloody battles that we are involved in, we've got to just make up our mind. We've got a destination. We've got a goal in mind. We're going to make it to heaven. We're going to be with the Lord and we're going to sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want you to think with me today because just as the Red Army looked defeated months earlier, it was being starved out. There was no way out because the Germans had them surrounded. But yet the tide began to turn because somebody began to make up their mind. No matter how defeated we look, we're going to fight our way out. The Battle of Stalingrad became the symbol of the resurrection of the Red Army and dealt a heavy blow to the German morale. It is said that heavy losses inflicted upon the German army at the Battle of Stalingrad make it arguably the most strategically decisive battle of the whole war. And then the historian said it was a turning point in the European theater of World War II that the German forces never regained the initiative in the east and they withdrew the vast majority of their forces from the west to reinforce their losses. The point is this, that in every war there's always a decisive battle and I feel that in this house today uh, that God has sent me to preach unto you uh, that there is a change there is a battle that is about to, to change history we've got elders we've got the middle age and we've got the youth and we've all linked arm and arms in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and no matter how many wounds That is inflicted to the church We got to make up our mind We're going to get up And we're going to fight Because we know Where we are headed And there's going to be a day That we're going to sit At the marriage supper Of the Lamb I want to ask somebody today Are you ready to go to heaven Do you got your mind made up Do you got your armor on Is there something in your mind today that said, hey, come on, we're going to win this battle because we are headed to our destination, which is heaven, and to be with the Lord God Almighty. I want to preach today about the battle that changed history. I've told you battles that have affected our lives. We are who we are today in America because of the Revolutionary War and also the effects of World War II. But I want to pull your attention to a far greater war than even what has been fought for the freedom of the United States of America It was at the fall of Adam that there was a war launched between God and the devil. It was during this fall that Paul wrote of Eve, and Paul said specifically that Adam was not deceived as Eve was. Eve, in deception, partook of the fruit of that tree, but it was Adam that willingly stretched out his hand and took the fruit, knowing his demise and his fall. It was at that point that humanity plunged themselves into one of the greatest wars that mankind has ever known and ever since the day that Adam willingly partook of that fruit humanity has been fighting a war in fact God himself speaking to the serpent or the devil said in these words I will put enmity Between thee and the woman And between thy seed and her seed It shall bruise thy head And thou shalt bruise bruise his heel it's no wonder today that there's families in this church that are fighting a war in your life there's backslidden children there's heartbreaks there's diseases that are rampant there's things that you do not understand but i am come to tell you it's nothing new under the sun it's just another battle it's just another battle in the war that God and Satan are fighting today. But it's up to you and I to make up our mind. Are we going to stay in the battle? Are we going to let something else win? I want to come to you and say today, why don't you put on your war clothes and say, hey, I'm going to leak arms with the pastor and we're going to win the battle of Frankfurt, Indiana. We're not going To let the devil win. We're not going to let sin win. We're not going to let our children be lost. We're not going to see the world go to hell in a handbasket while we're enjoying good church. I'm calling on the church. There is a battle, and you got to make up your mind today. I'm going to get involved in the battle. I'm not going to let my family be lost. I'm not going to let my friends be. Lost, I'm gonna get involved in the battle. Oh, lift your hands unto the Lord right now! Oh, don't you feel it? Who? I feel heaven in this place right now. In fact, the angel of the Lord is encamping in this house right now. Some of you have been so beat down. The enemies told you. You'll never win. I, I've come today to mount up in spirit with you and to push like the Red Army did one final time because the battle is about to be won in your life. You can be seated. I want you to understand today that whenever God told the enemy that I will put enmity between thee and the woman, that it did not stop with Adam and Eve, it continued with a Cain and Abel. It got involved in a Seth life. It was there between a Jacob and an Esau, and the enemy done everything that he could to sow hatred and discord among humanity. What was the enemy's plot? What was his strategy? His strategy was to win every battle that he could because battles began to rage as the devil tried to figure out who is the seed who is the one that's going to bruise my heel or my head I'll bruise his heel all day long but who is that one that's going to rise out of obscurity and bruise my head would it be a Moses it was put out in a river and floated down to a Pharaoh's house would it be a Moses that God would call on the backside of a wilderness to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Would it be a Joshua that after Moses had failed to enter into the promised land, Joshua would mount up with strength and take Israel into one of the greatest battles that they ever knew. It was a feat that they had longed for for 40 years. And now Joshua had led them into the promised land maybe the enemy said is it Joshua would it be a Daniel that would lead Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and begin to tell them we're not going to defile ourselves with the king's meat would it be a Samuel or others throughout history that that enemy would say is this the captain is this the warrior is this the one that's going to bruise my head I want to tell you today that when Jesus was born in that manger and at 12 years old he begins to confound the doctors and the philosophers it was from that moment on that Jesus begins to set history at the beginning of his ministry he turns the water into wine. He begins to heal the sick. They were lepers that had never been cleansed in their life. But Jesus comes on the scene and simply tells them, be thou clean. And they were clean. Jesus begins to impact history. Men begin to fall in love with him. I've come to preach to you that Jesus is still in the business of taking our hearts and showing us I am the great I am. I am the one that loves you. I am the one that changes you. I am the one that blesses you. The woman walks into him and all of a sudden it was the Lord that begins to tell her. Why? Why should I heal your daughter? Why? The, the, why is the meat given to strangers that this woman begins to worship and says, "Yes, Lord." But even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. The disciples sit in disbelief as Jesus ministers to the woman of Canaan. Why is this? Because he is waging a battle against hell. That hell has never realized how that we would defeat him or triumph over him. It begins to bring a division not only between the enemy but in the church people known as the Jews at that time as Jesus would begin to heal the sick and raise the dead and begin to heal and to minister to the Gentile people. It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees that said we want no part with this man which is a blasphemer who can forgive sins but only God and Jesus would reply and say is it easier for me to forgive your sins or to say to the one sick of the palsy rise and be healed what Jesus was really saying I'm the one that you've been waiting for I'm the one that the prophets have prophesied about I am the one that's going to bring the battle to the earth and I will defeat the enemy. I've come to tell somebody today Jesus is still the one that can overcome your troubles. He's still the one that can try up in your darkest night. He's still the one that can walk into the house where there's doom and gloom and say tonight I'm going to heal and deliver and bring life like you've never had. Is there a saint? of God today and said I still believe it I still believe it I still know it he's coming to my house he's coming to my family he's coming into my battle oh clap your hands all over this building you're probably wondering I'm telling you what I'm preaching today Pastor said it earlier. He said, I want you to pray that God would change every one of us. The greatest change is coming into this house today. Because when Jesus walked into cities, he changed their life. He changed their countenance. Whether it was a Nicodemus that was a Pharisee that knew what religion was all about. Jesus would change his life forever. As the Pharisees wanted to destroy him, he said, you destroy this temple. And in three days... I will raise it again. The Jews were so conformed with their traditions that they could not see that the one that they were waiting for was right before them. I want to tell you today, do not allow the battles of this life to take the one that you have worshiped to take the one that you have hoped for. You say, oh, that don't that don't amount to me. Yes, it does, because they were the worshipers of the one true God. They held to the laws of Moses unlike any other. They worshiped God, and they looked for Isaiah 9 and 6, but when he got there, they were not willing to enter into the battle with him because of their tradition. Traditions. I want to tell you, church, God's got the greatest revival that you have ever seen. I know that you're a great church. I know, but I'm telling you the Holy Ghost, God is trying to reach into your lives and bring change into your environment, your family. Why is this? Because there's a revival on the horizon, and God is looking for somebody will say, Lord, I still believe it. You said it. I still believe it. I'm getting a hold of you, and I'm going to march with the Lord today. Think about it. The Jews, the Romans were just the agents of crucifixion, but the Jews were the source of the crucifixion because the enemy It got so interwoven in their lives that they could not understand Jesus was not against us. Jesus wanted to change us. And whenever Jesus was offering change, it was them that said, I'm not going to walk in it. What was it all about? They said, crucify him. Even Pilate said, I find no fault with this man, crucify him. Let his blood be upon us and our children. In other words, we do not want anything to do with this man called Jesus. Give us Barabbas. And why would you want to murder Instead of change, it's fixing to affect eternity. Why would you want to follow something that has not brought you life? And all of a sudden, they marched him from Pilate's hall, and they began that descent or sent to Calvary. Calvary became the battle where Jesus would suffer. It was the battle where soldiers mocked him, made fun of him. It was the battle where he was whipped and he was beaten until they did not recognize him. It was a battle where the crown of thorns was placed on his head as a mockery to the king of kings and the lord of lords. It was a battle where the murderer was accepted in his place. It was a battle where all of a sudden darkness begins to cover the land and Calvary was the place That uh, sorrow began to flow uh, Tears began to flow uh, Down their face uh, And the sad thing about it uh, Calvary is still the battle uh, That we feel today uh, But what we got to understand uh, Is Calvary would bring salvation uh, It would bring atonement uh, And it would bring restoration uh, As they began to look at Calvary uh, They began to feel like it's over for us. Peter, where are you going? I thought for surely now he would come and help us. I thought for sure now that he would get down off of that cross. Man, Why are you weeping in such sorrow? I was looking for revival. I was looking for Jesus to climb off of that cross. I know who he is. I know what he can do. And I'm preaching to somebody that's been going through a battle today and you've been asking yourself, why is not Calvary working for me? Why is not Calvary fighting for my family? I've come to tell you, Calvary was the greatest battle that changed history. And sometimes it's dark. And sometimes it's cold. And sometimes there's tears. And sometimes there's heartache. And sometimes there's misunderstanding. But we've got to understand Calvary is just the process of the battle. Because there's something that lies beyond the battle. The war will be One. Somebody say the war. It's going to be won. Come on, say it again. The war is going to be won. You need to start speaking that over your family. They're not going to be defeated. My children will not be lost. Come on, somebody. Maybe you're in this place. You're not going to be lost. Why? Because God has walked into this place today to tell you Calvary was not a place to defeat. But a place of victory. It was not a place of defeat. It was a place of victory. But what I'm trying to show you today, it didn't look like victory. It didn't look like promise. It didn't look like the war was won. It looked bloody. It was messy. Fact: They pierced him in the side, and water and blood began to flow out. And they took down his limp body. And Joseph said, "Just give me his body." They wrapped him in linen and put him in the grave. And that stone rolled against that grave. It would tell every family, "We've done everything that we can, but we've not won the war." We didn't win the battle. But I want to tell you that that was just the moment that the battle began to change in your darkest hour, in your darkest calamity. Calvary is the place where Jesus is getting ready to change history in your life. Can you imagine, Joseph? Joseph. And Mary and Martha, one that he loved, they took that limp body, and they put him in that tomb, they sealed it, they went back to their homes and thought we knew that Jesus was going to give us victory. But I want to point something out, that when they laid him in that tomb and the battle said it was over, that Jesus was about to make history, that powers and principalities thought that they had won the battle of Golgotha, I imagine Lucifer's serpent Satan was laughing in his throne room saying, I thought God told me that he was just going to bruise my head. But I've taken his life when all of a sudden Jesus was about to crush the skull of death and of hell. When no one noticed, not even Lucifer, it was Jesus that stepped out of that tomb and walked down that courses of the stairway to hell and knocked on the devil's door and said, devil, give me the keys of death, hell, and the grave. But I thought you was defeated. I'm not defeated. I've only begun to live. I've come to to tell somebody that whenever it looks over, you need to look to Jesus. Whenever it looks defeated, you need to look to Jesus. Whenever you feel like God, the addiction's too great, you need to look to Jesus. When it looks like the heartache is there to stay, you gotta begin to look under Jesus. Why? Because there's a battle that changed history. And The battle is Calvary. I've come to tell somebody that Jesus is our only hope. He is the source of life. He is our salvation. He is our power, and He will give us the victory. Jesus steps out, and no one noticed—not even Lucifer. But He's the winner. He's carried our grooves. Isaiah said it. He carried our griefs. He carried our sorrows. On him was laid our iniquity for the transgression he was stricken. Everything that we have need of today, Jesus has already carried it through Calvary. Our sickness, stripes, was laid upon his back, and that devil thought I'm in a battle and I'm going to win. And every affliction and every hardship, Jesus was just saying, I'm winning the battle. I'm giving them victory. I'm giving them a way out. They ain't got to stay in their grave. They ain't got to stay in their defeat. They ain't got to stay in their misery. What are you doing, Jesus? I'm giving you a way out. I'm preaching today is this, God is not dead, He is alive and He's in the midst of us. It's kind of like John described him, he wore a garment down to his foot and girded about the paps with a golden girdle, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, his eyes were the flame of fire, his feet like undefined brass as if they burned in a furnace. What John was really saying, he said, I'm on the Isle of Patmos now, but I'm in the Spirit on the Lord's day, but yet I'm a prisoner, and I'm out here by myself, and when I see Him coming, He's not dressed like a defeated God. He's not dressed like a wounded God. But his hair, it's shining like wool. His eyes, they're the flame of fire. Out of his mouth is a two-edged sword. And his feet, they're burning as if they're in a furnace of brass. What are you saying, Brother Fuller? I'm saying this. You may be in a battle right now, but there's already a decisive battle. It's already determined the victory of the war And that battle was Calvary You just need to yield unto the Lord right now And say God I'm laying it in your hands I'm believing that today You're going to give me victory in my life Like I've never had it before Now John described him as a victor But in Revelations 19, he describes him as the Lamb, the Lord coming, the marriage supper of the Lamb. The wife has made herself ready, and it was granted to her that she should be arrayed in fine linen. He goes on to say, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is what God is wanting to do today. I felt it so heavy in my spirit God is wanting to challenge each one of us to let change come into our life that whenever we leave this place we're not leaving defeated we're not leaving like we come we're not leaving in despair but we're leaving with a change you say are you wanting a change no not to the building a change to every one of us because we are the wife of God we are the ones that will be in heaven with him for all of eternity and you've got to make up your mind right now the battle that changed history is the battle that is affecting my life right now there's somebody backslid today you need to find your place at the cross and you need to let victory come through Calvary right now there's somebody that's struggling with your thoughts and your mind. I'm telling you, that crown of thorns that he wore that day, it was for you because God does not want you to be tormented, but he is pulling you right now. Calvary is calling. Calvary is saying the war is about finished, but the battle has already determined The war Somebody's warring in this place right now And I'm asking you right now If you would close your eyes And you would look back to Calvary And say God Let the battle that changed history Take precedent in my life right now Come on pray If you're sitting by a family member And they're wanting to pray I want you to take their hands right now Right where you are, we'll stand in a moment. But I want you to pray right now. There's a deep conviction in this house. God's reaching for somebody. God's reaching for you, ma'am. Your decisions are not final. Come on your decisions, your footsteps. I see your path. God's bringing you back out. Come on right now. God's reaching for you. Bringing you back to that cross because this is the battle that's determining your future. This is the battle that's determining the course of your life. Come on pray one for another right now. Come on pray. Come on elders. I need You right now, I need you to begin to pray like you know how to pray. I need you to begin to pray until the pillars of this church begin to move and smoke begins to fill this auditorium. Come on, I know, I know who I'm talking to. You know how to do it. Would you pray right now and would you touch the throne of God? Why, preacher. Because what you may not have realized for a while, we're in a war. We're not in a cultural war. It's not really about the woke and the unwoke. It's about the good and the evil. It's about who will be the final one to crush the skull. Elders, I need you to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. I need to hear you. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. All of you men and women of this sanctuary, I need you to pray. If you're needing salvation, just ask God to forgive you right now. And the Bible says He's just and He's faithful to forgive us of all of our sins. And the blood of Jesus Christ covers us. Come on, pray with me. Hilomo Shatanda Mataya, Romocunda Masatea, Romocundare Moschata, Rumanginda Lomo Shandare Mataya. Come on, church come on I feel it that prince of this city is wanting to rise up against this right now but I need the elders that have had revival I need the middle age that know how to war I need the young men and young women that know how to worship I need us to pull together right now with pastor and mother Jordan and let's begin to war in this place why preacher because Calvary Is wanting to project. I've already won the war. I've already gave you the victory. And we're going to take down the prince that's tried to stand and withhold the church, the wife of God. Come on, church. I'm calling for you right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I can't hear you. Come on, I can't hear you. What do you want? I want a travail. I want Jesus to hear the groanings of his wife saying we're in war. But we're winning. We're winning. We're winning. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on, pray. if you want to stand, you can. I've left the elders sitting because I need your strength right now. I need you to push with me. I need you to shake the pillars. Come on. Come on. Come on, I buy the strong man. In the name of Jesus we bind him as a body we bind the prince of this city we come in the name of the Lord Jesus families are being delivered right now can you hear me? come on can you hear me? families are being delivered right now families are being delivered Right now, children are being set free. Here it comes, it's flowing. I know I preached a lot of word today, but I had to deliver what God told me to say. Come on, come on, come on church. This is the final draw. We are in a war and we've got to reach back to Calvary to push through. Come on, somebody needs to run to this altar right now. There's somebody in this place. Come on, lift them hands. You ain't gotta come. Only if you want, you can pray by your mom or your dad. Come on, just lift them hands. Begin to talk to God. Begin to believe in God again. Begin to believe in the Word again. God, I need deliverance. I need a breakthrough. I need mercy today. That's why Calvary said the battle has already been won. Come on, somebody. Come on, pray. Come on, don't stop. Pray. Come on, don't stop. Pray. Come on, don't stop. Pray. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. Come on, the glory of God is in this place. Come on, the glory. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost There's somebody going to leave this house today In a change You're going to leave change in your mind And in your spirit You're going to want to say God, I choose to war in your spirit And deliver you And to breathe in the righteousness of the Lord Come on, miss me. It's here right now. Come on, it's here. It's in this place. Come on, let it flow in the name of the Lord right now. Come on, let it flow right now. Let the promises of God flow. Let the Word of the Lord move. go, but in this place right now, there's some effects that's trying to change your history. There's some lingering moments of Calvary that Jesus is reaching into your life right now, saying today, I will affect the outcome of your war. If you've been involved in a war, whether it's in your mind, your spirit, your body, whether it's your family, things you're going through, I want you to stand right now. Come on, there's several in this place. I want the congregation to stand with me. I want us to pray right now in the fear of God. Because if you're standing by one of these that have stood, I want you to lay your hands on them right now and I want you to begin to plead the blood of Jesus. Because Jesus is not dead, He's alive, and His blood covers the multitude of sin. I want you to pray right now all over this building. Come on, pray for these that are in a war. Father, we come in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray right now for the Spirit of the Lord to come over them and to minister to each and every one of them by the Word of God. By the word of testimony. This is the testimony of the saints of God. In the name of Jesus, I free them. I loose them. I set them free from the torment that they have been walking through. And right now, loose them. From the war because the battle has already decided the outcome I want you to let them leave this service free of their mind free of their spirit free in their body free in their family in the name of Jesus right now by the Word of God come on pray church come on pray Somebody believe with me right now There's something shaking In the atmosphere There's something happening We do not have to wait for tonight To have the miraculous It's here The angel of the Lord is here He's standing in this place He's ministering Come on Come on, he's ministering right now He's ministering right now Come on, he's ministering right now. Come on, come on, that's it. worship him. Come on, somebody clap them hands under the Lord. Begin to worship. Why? There is a change being ratified in the house. There's a change being ratified in this house right now. Come on, as they begin to sing, just lift them hands to heaven all of this building begin to worship him, begin to love him, begin to call out on his name. God, Come on, lift him my hands to glory. Every enemy oh, is part, every stronghold is brought down, oh, I speak victory. Hallelujah. Oh, oh son and daughter through the darkness, God. Just I speak victory Every enemy
1: is conquered Every stronghold is brought down I speak victory I speak victory
0: We're bringing on, home every son and daughter Rules right of darkness have on, to bow I speak victory right I speak